0: All right. Well, have you ever heard the expression, all good things must come to an end? Have you ever heard that before? All good things must come to an end. Well, this week has been a bit of a week of endings. Yeah, there's been a few good things come to an end this week. I, um, the the national prayer focus comes to an end tonight. Good. That's a good callback. Uh, but I've had, I've, I've, over the last two months, been watching a, a TV series and I finished at the start of the week. It's been two months of it. I watched eight seasons of a TV show in the last two months. Usually, once Susie goes to bed, I'll stay up and watch a couple of episodes. Anyway, so that's, that's a bit of an ending. It didn't end as well as I wanted it to. If anyone else has seen Game of Thrones, it's, don't watch it, it's terrible, it's careful. The ending, I don't know about it, but I, I finished. So it was like a. I enjoyed watching the show, and it's come to an end. The other thing that kind of ended this week, yesterday, uh, my boys played their last game of basketball for the season. But it also marks my, the end of my primary school basketball coaching. That's it. What a shame. <laughs> all good things must come to an end oh, i'm so devastated uh, you may have noticed if you you know if you're quite aware of things that i'm wearing a new hat this morning my old hat has come to an end it was done there's too much like you know sweat marks on a hat there's just too much of that bit of faded so good things coming to an end are you with me you're still with me okay there's a couple more coming It did happen two weeks ago, but the Tigers' season footy came to an end. Uh, It wasn't a good thing. It was a good thing. Tiger season got better as it went, but it came to an end. And of course, of course this morning, we know that the Queen's reign came to an end this week. And I do think when we look back over 70 years, the Queen had a pretty good reign, didn't she? I was trying to think. What world leader over 70 years hasn't really stuffed up in any way? And think the Queen was a remarkable woman. I'm sure she did. Anyway, the Queen's reign. Well, today, another great thing, another good thing must come to an end. Has anyone else loved our series on Colossians? Has anyone enjoyed it? It's okay. I, I've really... I thought the last two weeks' worth of teaching was incredible. Thank you, Jacob and Sarah. But our great ride must come to an end today. So we're looking at the last chapter of Colossians, chapter four of Colossians. Uh, We won't read the whole chapter together today. I've got a few selections that we'll look at. Um, And we've seen that the, the second and third chapter... Of Colossians has been quite meaty, haven't they? Have you had a chance to look at it outside of outside of our space here? Um, The fourth chapter kind of comes to a a pretty abrupt end really and we'll we'll have a look. It's really just again Colossians, letter from Paul to the church at Colossae And, and it really is just Paul's final statement to the church and he's wrapping up the letter. So we're going to pray and then we'll, we'll kind of have a look at the letter together. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are good. Uh, we thank you for our time together. God, we, we thank you that you can meet us at any place, at any point. But when we gather together, there's something special about it, that we get to gather in unity. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you're already doing this morning. And again, make your word come alive to us today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Colossians, let's get into it. Colossians chapter four, verse one. Let's just have a look at at verse one together. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. All right, we're going to stop there already. The chapter starts a bit weird, right? Because actually the first verse is actually the, the end thought from... Chapter 3, right? Jacob, Sarah mentioned it again. Jacob talked about it uh, last week. We've got to remember when we read the Bible that when Paul wrote the letter of Colossians, he didn't kind of put chapters and verses in his letter, right? We all aware of that? That's something that we've, we've done after the fact as a reference point for, for those reading the letters So when Paul wrote the letter, someone at some point has decided we're going to start chapter 4 on this verse. Now, can I tell you that I searched for weeks to try and find out why it was split at this point and I can't find any answers. So I'm sorry, you can do your own research around that. But I actually think if you're asking me for my uh, translation of the Bible, I would start chapter 4 at verse 2. Do you think I'll get a change happening? Just like Coat Sunday. Does anyone remember Coat Sunday? Not, not Palm Sunday? Yeah, cool. It's really catching on, I hear. Um, anyway, Jacob explained this last week and it's worth us revisiting. Paul is actually explaining and he's painting a picture of a family unit who has Jesus as the head instead of what was the Roman way where the man would be the head of the house uh, and actually, everyone else in that family is subservient uh, to the patriarch, to the to the head of that household. And actually, it would it would turn in a in a Roman household that some people were more like property than they were family. Um, and so, Paul is actually reframing the whole picture of what family can look like, the whole family union. And he actually suggests that if. We put Jesus as the master, Jesus as the head of the family, and the family serve one another for his glory. If everyone lived life like that, it would be better for everyone in the family. Can we see that? That if everyone was serving each other in the family, it'd be a far better way to live. Now, this verse is a bit controversial because some people look at this verse and they might see it through a 2022 lens. And it's controversial because some people are saying that Paul's actually condoning slavery in this verse. And I think that's a that's a, a bad interpretation of what this verse is. That is us looking 2022 lens going, oh, Paul's saying it's okay for slaves to exist. But that's not actually the case. Paul's actually telling those who claim to be followers of Jesus that you should treat all people as children of God and treat and as we are treated by our master Jesus. Can we see that this isn't Paul saying you can have slaves? It's actually just the context of the day and he's addressing how slaves should be treated by their masters. Are we cool? Give me a thumbs up if you're okay with that. If you've got questions, come see me after. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Okay, next verses, uh, starting at verse two, the real start of chapter four. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Here we get in the whole chapter. This is really uh, kind of Paul's most uh, instructional bit for us. So after all of Paul's kind of writing earlier in the letter, which we've heard over the last few weeks, uh, this is really his closer for what he's been talking about. And he tells these people to pray. Not not like we were looking at, it's not the end of all prayer today, on the, the prayer, 22 days of prayer. We get to keep praying, and Paul tells us to keep praying. He says to pray for us, as in pray for Paul and Timothy and kind of his crew, especially for opportunities for their ministry, this mysterious plan concerning Christ. But he also says to pray for you, that you would have an alert mind and a thankful heart when you pray, that you will live wisely, that you will make the most of of every opportunity that is before you that you would let your conversation be gracious and attractive can you remember a few weeks ago we we looked at controlling our tongue does anyone remember looking at the controlling our tongue and actually our tongue our, our words have the power to build and they have the power to destroy and and Paul again is reemphasizing the power of the tongue the power of our words, as we go about our everyday, ordinary life. He's again telling us, be careful about what you speak about. May your conversation at all times be worthy of Jesus. May your conversation build up. May it encourage be gracious and attractive. The word "attractive" in some translations says, uh, "be be gracious and filled with salt, like a seasoning." We won't um, we won't fully read kind of the next ten verses. I'll give you a bit of a brief uh, overview, but they remind me of Saturday morning cartoons. Now, hear me out. Does anyone remember switching on TV on a Saturday morning, watching cartoons? And the cartoons were usually in a program like uh, Cheese TV or there was a... What was the other one? Saturday morning Disney. There was also like a Warner Brothers one on a Saturday morning. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about? In those programs, do you remember, and this is before the days of being able to text, you could ring up and you could give a shout out to some friends. And it would roll across the bottom of the screen or you would, there were happy birthday lists and there were, there were shout outs. And, and so people would just say, you know, hello, Meg and Troy and, you know, they would just, you'd have no context. But whoever sent it in, it was great. It was a shout out. I feel like the rest of this chapter is kind of Paul giving a bit of a shout out to some people. Uh, who who read through Colossians over the last few weeks? Maybe maybe you saw some of this. There's also like radio shows. Do you ever get a shout out on a radio show? Does anyone listen to kind of commercial radio at night time? They they still do shout outs. Uh, one time when we were traveling for a, a youth conference, Mark gave Mark rang up and gave me a love song dedication. And it was a very special moment in my life where he told me he appreciated me, and then they played Daryl Braithwaite horses. Well, I think we've still got a recording of that, don't we, Mark? Anyway, that's totally an aside. The end of the letter feels a bit like that. Paul is mentioning so-and-so, who they all know says hi. He's he's been quite encouraging and he's asking the Colossian church to listen to what these people have to say. He's recommending these people to the church. But it really is just a bit of, we know these people together. Make sure you welcome Onesimus back in. Make sure you kind of have these people around, listen to what they say. Paul also tells them, and he gives instruction, that the letter that they're reading, that they're to pass on to the church at Laodicea. And actually he says, also, when you give that church this letter, Grab their letter and read that as well for yourselves. It's a shame because we don't have the letter from the church at Laodicea. Um, And there's been some forgeries, some like people who are, not forgery, but uh, play fake letters. That's better, isn't it? Fake letters produced, but we don't have the original letter. It's a shame because I feel like we could get something from it, but... Then Paul gives his final sign-off. So that's kind of the last chapter. Tells us to pray, pray for him, pray for us, and then kind of gives a bit of a shout-out. Listen to these people. Are you still with me? Everyone's still awake with it? Yeah, good. I want to just suggest to us this morning before we, we explore one of those ideas. It's good for us to look at this letter the whole way through. And we've done that as a church over four weeks. I hope that you've at least read through it once. But can I tell you this morning, this letter wasn't written for entertainment, was it? It wasn't just a letter of entertainment. This letter wasn't written just to catch up like pen pals. The last little bit feels like that, kind of. But but the rest isn't a catch up. It's not a letter written just to like a pen pal. It wasn't... A letter that's written just for our information or knowledge or history, is it? I want to suggest that this morning and what we've looked over the last four weeks, this letter was written for our formation. It was for our formation. It was written to the church at Colossae for their formation. They were a young church full of young believers And as we read this letter together, as we let it sink in, as we explore it, I also believe that this letter to the Colossians is for our formation as followers of Jesus and ourselves as a young church. This morning, I've got a question for you. Are you prepared to be formed by Paul's words? Are we prepared to let the Holy Spirit guide us, to prompt us, to correct us, and to transform us from Paul's words? I want to take just a moment and I want to quickly recap what we've looked at over the last few weeks together. Is that okay? So we remember and so we can commit to letting the Holy Spirit Form us. Week one, Colossians one, we looked at the good news is Jesus. Do we remember that? The good news is Jesus. Do we want to let the good news of Jesus be planted in us and we want to watch it bear good fruit? And so this morning... Can we let Jesus, who is the good news, form us by the Holy Spirit? Do we agree to that together? Can we let Jesus, who is the good news, form us by the Holy Spirit? Week two, Colossians 2. Uh, Sarah taught very well from Colossians 2 that it's Jesus plus nothing. Do we remember that? Jesus plus nothing. Our salvation is only from and through Jesus, not rituals, not traditions. It's not by what we eat or or drink, and it's not by what we don't eat or don't drink. And so this morning, are you willing to let Jesus, our Redeemer and salvation, form us by the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to let that happen? Week three, Jacob last week, Colossians 3, Jesus is king and master. It's kind of fitting this week, don't you think? Do, do you feel like there's been a theme that Jesus is king this morning? As we, as we kind of welcome a new king on the, on the throne of the Commonwealth, <laughs> that actually that there is a king above that king. And that king is Jesus and Jesus... And we saw in Colossians 3 that Jesus is king and master. And Colossians 3 talks about taking off our old nature and putting on our new nature. And that Jesus is king, not us. And not our flesh and not our desires. And when we surrender to Jesus' kingship, it changes how we live, doesn't it? In all areas of our life in our family life, in our working life, in our personal life. So this morning, if we're going to let this letter form us, are we prepared to let Jesus, our King and Master, form us by the Holy Spirit? Can we pray about those things right now? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you give us your Word and that your Word is there to form us. It's not just entertainment or knowledge that it has real application in our life, that it, that it transforms us. This morning, for all of us, we want to let Jesus, who is the good news, who is our Redeemer and Saviour, who is our King and Master, Jesus, we invite you to form us by your Holy Spirit's power. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. I want to just quickly head back uh, to chapter four. Again, the the similar verses we looked at before, verse two to six. And there's something that I just don't want us to miss this morning. I know a lot of it's been recap and looking at the whole whole book, but there's one thing I don't want us to miss as a church this morning, and it's very simple. Who knows that if you are in the presence of, of an expert, you would usually want that expert for them to do the task, right? If there was a task ahead of you and you had an expert in the room, you would look to the expert to do the task, wouldn't you? That that makes logical sense. That's definitely what I would do. They're the most qualified, experienced person to do that job in the room. Agree? Agree? At least, just give me a nod at least. Yeah, yep, Nath, yep, you're not talking rubbish. Um, So it makes sense for them to do the work. And the rest of us would usually, you know, watch. Maybe maybe we'd give them some moral support as they did it. Like, yeah, good job, well done, expert. You're really good at that. I'm not so good at that. Um, But Paul, in this story... In this book, in this letter, Paul is the expert, isn't he? He's an expert missionary. He's started a heap of churches. He's travelled. He's actually the expert follower of Jesus. He, he's telling us how to follow Jesus, right? But he, as the expert, says something that we should take notice of this morning. He asks, in this letter, a young, inexperienced church of new believers to pray for him. The expert who's done it all, they're looking to him, he's done it, he's the expert. He asks a young church to pray for him. Why? I'm sure like... Paul is praying himself and I'm sure Paul has a great relationship with God right and, and I'm sure God listens to his prayers and I'm sure he's doing a good job of praying for himself right and, and Paul would probably tell us that he's doing a good job of praying for himself but the reason why Paul asked this young church to pray for him and I don't want to miss it this morning is because your prayers are powerful not just Paul's prayers your prayers are powerful not just the pope's prayers are powerful right not just the general's prayers are powerful not just a pastor's prayers are powerful but your prayer is powerful do we believe that this morning all of God's people their prayer is powerful and in faith just like paul is asking I want to this morning pray for one another. I don't want us to miss a moment where we can pray for each other. The thing I love about the kingdom of God is that it isn't that hierarchical, someone has it all and we don't. Actually, what Jesus did and the coming of the Holy Spirit means that our prayers are powerful. It means that God has equipped his whole church to play a part. So this morning, uh, Mark, I'll get Mark to kind of play some music, set a bit of an, uh, an environment, a bit of an atmosphere. But I actually, I actually just want us to act like the church and pray for each other this morning. Who thinks that's great? It seems a bit novel, actually. Usually we kind of try and talk and teach. But who knows that actually when we get together and pray for each other, that's when powerful things happen. And so this morning, we're going to take Paul's words seriously and we're going to pray for one another. This morning, my question is, do you need healing? Let's pray for that. This morning, maybe you are needing hope. Maybe hope is, is kind of small at the moment. Maybe you're needing some more faith this morning. Maybe you are just wanting extra prayer for that formation, for that transformation so that we can become more like Jesus. Maybe things are just tough at the moment and you just need some extra support. We're going to pray for each other this morning. So I'm going to play some music and and I've written down free-for-all prayer for five minutes. Free-for-all prayer. And this morning, it might be a bit uncomfortable at first, but I actually want us to move around the room and, and pray for one another. I want our prayer to be targeted though. And so I'm going to ask people to be a little bit vulnerable in this moment. And I just wonder if this morning your prayer need is that you need healing in your life. It's, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional or mental. I just ask that you might stand in this moment so that we know that we won't come and pray for you. So if this morning you're wanting prayer around healing, can I invite you just to stand in this moment just so we know we'll come and pray for you. Is that a stand? There's a stand at the back. Okay, and Lisa up the back as well. And so we're going to we're gonna pray, Jacinda as well. We're going to pray for healing for, for these people. I'll say a blanket prayer and then we'll, we'll kind of move around. Uh, Jesus, we thank you that you heal and that you transform. We Thank you that, God, you are the creator of the whole universe and you know us intimately. And we pray for restoration in Jesus' name this morning together. Come and heal Jesus. Is there anyone who just needs that extra measure of faith or hope this morning? Maybe just raise your hand. Yeah, there's at least one. So in these moments, just for the next five minutes, I'm going to invite you to to stand up and move around and maybe offer, offer prayer for each other. Let's pray for each other. Let's do it.